0: hi guys welcome back to the apex delta coaching podcast my name is kieran moore and i'm the head coach and owner of apex delta coaching on this show my aim is to help educate inform and drive you to get stronger fitter and more resilient as an athlete and human i'll discuss different topics in strength fitness mindset and more as well as talking with guests on their different areas of expertise today i was joined by jacob Boyce. jacob is a crossfit coach and athlete who works at crossfit royston He recently transitioned from being a CrossFit athlete into working as a coach alongside this. Today we talked about all things CrossFit, how to program for general fitness versus performance, what the differences are between those two focuses and what some of the most important elements to succeed in the sport of fitness are. With that let's get into today's show. so hi guys back for another episode uh i'm here today with jacob um we're gonna talk all things crossfit which is something that we've both um had some experience of both coaching and competing with you can obviously see behind jacob here if you if this gets on the thing it probably won't in terms of the clip but he's in the <laughs> gym that i used to work at and now he he works at as well um so what would be cool and i think helpful for, for the guys listening is like can you just give a real not a bit brief, but just talk through who you are, your background, how you got into coaching, CrossFit, how you got into actually competing as well, and then we'll uh, we'll get into the, the bulk of it.
1: Yeah, so I'm Jacob, I'm 23, originally a rugby player, but I, uh, over the past five years I've started my CrossFit journey here at CrossFit Royston, um, and even more recently than that, in the past year, year and a half, I've been um, starting coaching as well, which is something I'm uh, pretty passionate about um other than crossfit i like to do judo um my younger brother is a gb athlete so fairly good coach at home there um but yeah all things all things active that's me really
0: yeah that's awesome how long you um how long did you play rugby for you still play
1: yeah since i was six um up until i was about 19 um and then just sort of fell out of love with it really and then CrossFit came along right at the right time um so picked that up, uh, started getting getting pretty serious into that. So it's sort of, as we know, it's pretty time
0: consuming once you get into the nitty gritty. So yeah, it's interesting. We sort of share a similar similar kind of story in that respect because I I played rugby from nine through to twenty twenty one, uh, and then well, I came out of retirement to play a couple of games at uni and then gone back yeah. into retirement, <laughs> but. <laughs> But, but yeah, I think it's interesting because then I had the same thing. I stopped playing rugby and I was like, I need something like another competitive outlet here to, to get into. And CrossFit was was that for me, similar obviously to how you've transitioned as well.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a similar sort of, um, or attracts a similar type of person, I think, um, in terms of sort of physicality and uh, sort of, I guess, not aggression, but but yeah, that sort of physical nature of this, both mm. sports. It's like pushing yourself hard, isn't it? Like, there's, there's yeah. that within both. Yeah, what I don't miss is um niggles every week from someone
0: stamping on your hands or your feet or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's that's true. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I don't remember ever waking up on a Monday and feeling good <laughs> like ever no. playing rugby, no. <laughs> like all through kind of youth rugby. Yeah, and you wake up with bruises, like random Bruise. bits that are sore, like for three or four oh, days great. and then you then you're back into the next game again <laughs> yeah yeah that's it that's it that's cool um how have you found that because obviously you were kind of doing CrossFit competing in CrossFit how have you found that transition from from that and then into being like a coach how's that been
1: um being a coach is awesome I really enjoy it um just seeing the the progression in Um, in people that so I tell someone to do something they do it and they get better it's a a rewarding feeling Um, and just being part of the CrossFit community is just unbelievably supportive everyone's there for everyone else's benefit and um, yeah it's good so the coaching comes pretty naturally I'm pretty um, interested in CrossFit outside of just doing it I like learning uh, technique and that sort of thing outside of outside of just your day-to-day workout so it's um
0: teaching people things that i like to learn is is nice yeah no certainly what was the what was the thing that sparked like becoming a coach because obviously you were doing crossfit as a as an athlete as a participant for a while what what was the thing that kind of sparked that that transition
1: um actually it was dave that um yeah our gym owner dave he uh just said have you ever thought about coaching and i was sort of mm, not really sort of I was under the assumption that if I was coaching, then oh, that's the time that I can't train. But in reality, it's helped me because you spot things in other people, um, faults in other people's technique, and and things like that. It it
0: really helps you as an athlete as well. So it's
1: it's actually gone hand
0: in hand. Mm. So then, what is your what what would you kind of say like been some of the highlights of your coaching experience like so far in CrossFit? Um,
1: that's a tricky one actually. I've obviously only been coaching for the best part of a year and a half, and then most most recently it's been on um,
0: been over Zoom and that sort of thing. So how's that? Um, That's been. That, I mean, I've had a similar transition as well. It's, it's been an interesting how we found it. it.
1: Ball game. Um, I obviously like being in person and sort of like you you can bring a certain energy in person and sort of recreating that over over Zoom is. Hmm. it's pretty difficult i'd say um but it, it was nice because we had the guys that um up here were really committed they they turned up even if they were working outside in the cold garage it's, it's really nice to see that people were still still interested in um keeping themselves fit um yeah it was, it was nice to see that we still had that community even though we weren't here
0: we we were still together which was nice yeah awesome what is like so in terms of obviously the CrossFit, I mean, I'm fit. I feel like most people probably have a reasonable understanding of what it is and what it involves, and it's kind of a bit of a, a, a mix of of different kind of called it modalities, whatever you want to call it. In terms of like different types of training, essentially, so you have kind of the elements of the weightlifting, the the kind of car, cardio, if you like, so running, yep. rowing, skier, different things like that, um, and then you have kind of some of like, the gymnastics elements, so basic. Um, sort of pull up our skills and different things that kind of revolve around that typically like what area in there do you feel like is your real where are you strongest as a coach as
1: a coach I would say weightlifting um I really enjoy weightlifting myself I come in and I'll, I'll do do some some good weightlifting sessions outside of classes and that sort of thing so I really like weightlifting I, w- I watch a lot of um tutorial videos there's tons out there um, but that that really sparks my interest.
0: Mm. Was that something that was always there from sort of like day one in CrossFit?
1: Yeah, I think actually it was the weightlifting that got me into CrossFit because I'd seen some videos of people with snatching and then I thought I could do that. <laughs> so I came down to the gym with no instruction whatsoever um, and like just from watching, trying trying to copy and that's when um, that's when the first CrossFit coach said, we, we do this um, in classes and we can teach you how to do this, you know? <laughs> oh, that sounds cool. Um, but yeah, yeah. The weightlifting is, has come fairly naturally. I'd say um, it's, I think it's quite a, a satisfying thing to lift heavyweights. Yeah. Um, I, I find it satisfying. It's nice. It's uh, definitely a, an area where you can, you can see improvement just by numbers. Is that? Like, Oh I can lift 100 kilos and now I can lift 110 kilos and you're like there's a, there's a difference
0: it's a very objective very, sport isn't it yeah
1: yeah yeah um and there are lots
0: of intricacies to it which which I like yeah I think mean, that's the biggest part that so for my sort of first year at uni I kind of transitioned away from kind of your I don't know what I was really doing at that point kind of a mix of different training Kind of things whatever i wanted but yeah i kind of dedicated myself pretty heavily to olympic lifting for a year um i probably would have continued had covid not not come along to be fair but um yeah yeah so I got into it really heavy and i think that's the one of the big things. it's not in terms of like yeah it, it's fun to lift heavy weights but also like the real intricacy of it and from my perspective as a coach and call it athlete whatever you want like participant within weightlifting weightlifter yeah um, yeah yeah, yeah. There was that kind of that, that real mix isn't there between like yeah it's, it's incredibly powerful but also it, it's really kind of intricate and 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 spending the time to learn about subtle changes in technique and positioning and all those kind of things i think that's that was, a, was one of the real big draws of it to me
1: yeah uh, the um it's funny because the the professional weightlifters make it look unbelievably easy unbelievably fluid when they're chucking 200 kilos above their head and it's like wow that that is hmm. it's a mix between power coordination and it's something that the person just the person that's strongest in the gym not is uh, is not necessarily the best weightlifter
0: yeah so yeah. how you can use that strength um yeah where do it's, you see the differences in so weightlifting as a sport and then weightlifting within CrossFit. What, what, where do you see some of those things being like? What, what differs do you think?
1: So weightlifting as a sport is, say, a very uh, one rep sort of strength. Um, you are resting a lot in between. Your your main focus is how heavy can you lift, and all of your energy goes to lifting a heavy weight one one or two, one or two times. Um, and then in CrossFit, it's more There's a lot of cycling. So sub-maximal weights, um, for reps and for time. So I think, although a lot of the technique remains the same, there are, there are differences when you are cycling weight, how you're breathing, how you're gripping the bar, obviously trying to be
0: efficient through those movements. So that's, that's a big difference, isn't it? In terms of it, when you look at weightlifting, it's that one rep max. It's the, it's one, one rep it's over in a second. Um, whereas obviously within CrossFit, you have a huge element in terms of like, call it like energy systems call it breathing being able to control those things as well alongside then having to express power force all those kind of like physical qualities that go into that and and weightlifting and it's it's a real mixture of that isn't it And it's ability to control your your physiology essentially alongside actually then having to do a highly technical and skilled movement whereas obviously in weightlifting it's kind of like you do that once and then that's it you kind of you, you just you just do it the once yeah especially um yeah with the weightlifting it is
1: technical and when you're doing those things under fatigue obviously that's when your your um, technique becomes the most important um especially anything overhead could potentially be dangerous and knowing how your body is um reacts to lifting heavy under fatigue obviously that's not something you do that often but in competition style crossfit especially there's a lot of lifting under fatigue high skills under fatigue so um yeah technique becomes ultra important at those times because
0: that's that's interesting isn't it because that's the that's the kind of real distinction you see between those that that's the kind of the marmite aspect if you like of crossfit that's the love hate thing isn't it it's the it's the difference between crossfit as a sport and CrossFit as a training methodology um, for yeah. the general population. And I think that's that's where sometimes people become a little bit, I'm gonna call it confused because I think it is, it's just confusion. People don't understand it. Like they don't yeah. understand the difference between one as a sport and one as a training methodology. And the maybe the differences that exist there. And I think confusion not just within people outside of that, but also people within it as well. Like people yeah. come to it and they're like, oh, well, we're going to be doing all these technical skills, and it's kind of like we need to push hard. It's like, oh, well, maybe, but you could also just take the elements of of what CrossFit's meant to be as a training methodology and apply that in a kind of more sensible way. Because clearly, yeah, lifting heavy weights under fatigue and doing very technical movements, things start to break down. And if if you're not a competitive athlete, where well, that's not a demand of the the sport, that's where I kind of sometimes feel like, is it necessary? Maybe not.
1: Yeah, no, that, it's, it's interesting because you have to sort of see the difference in those things to sort of understand it. Like I say, CrossFit as a sport is vastly different from CrossFit for training because CrossFit for training, we, we're getting people fit for life and that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to have to do 25 um, butterfly chest-to-bar pull-ups. So, like In most people's lives, that's not a necessity um so having that difference is is or understanding the difference is is key because yeah like you say it can get a bit confused and that's that's obviously where the um the love hate for for those
0: (laughs) comes in yeah exactly yeah because I think if you look at it I mean that idea of performing high highly skilled or highly intense movements under fatigue that comes in in every sport and it's a sporting thing isn't it like Athletes across all sports have to execute skills, like highly complex skills, under fatigue and in competitive situations. And that's no different in CrossFit. I think it's just that's where because it because people lots and lots of people train in gyms, in whatever, and they do similar movements. Like a pull-up is called a pull-up, regardless of what it looks like, and regardless of the application of it. And that's where people maybe, maybe don't quite see the distinction between hang on this is actually a sporting movement i.e butterfly kipping pull-ups so you say like that's a that's a movement within crossfit it's a sport specific skill within crossfit yeah because that's what's being competed that you're essentially trying to do as much work as you can in in less time um and then obviously then people are like oh hate yep. on crossfit because like oh they don't do pull-ups right they don't do this right they don't do that right and it's like well no it's just a different application of the same thing it just happens to share a name which I think is where where some of that that definitely comes in. Yeah, the the pull-ups, I think, pull-ups get a bad rap. Um, But
1: like you say, at the end of the day, at the competitions, it's a race. People have found a quicker way to do something. Doesn't mean they necessarily do that all the time in training. We do a lot of strict pull-ups, a lot of strict gymnastics to support shoulder joints, to support the muscles that do those movements. And then when it's time to race we don't do strip pull-ups because
0: you're going to lose. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. I think it's no it's, different to, uh, I don't know, say, say in rugby, like you break down a tackle and you, you do it at slower paces or you, you walk through the exact steps or you, whatever that might be. And then in the game is like, well, are you going to do it in that exact same way? Probably not. No, like you're yeah. going to get someone to the floor within reason, however you legally can. And yeah, like, that That's not to say that if you look at that, like actually, and then someone's on the touchline could be like, well, that's not a proper tackle. They're not doing it right. And it's like, well, they are. Yeah. They're doing it under the conditions of that sport. And that's probably the yeah. difference there. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Bit of a transition then. So away from sort of talking about CrossFit as a, well, people's issues with CrossFit. <laughs> what would you, what is like your, what is your typical training week or, yeah we'll talk about week first right? typical training week look like
1: okay so i actually work full-time eight or four as a i'm a service technician for a company that manufactures uh, uh gas sensors um so all of my training is based around my work week which means um my sleep and my my nutrition like it's got to be bang on. Otherwise, I'm not energised to work and I'm not recovering properly. So those things for me come first. Um, But then in terms of training, I'm around 8 to 12 hours a week. Um, And that I generally follow class programming. I like to be part of the community. Um, Our coach, uh, Chris, who programmes all the workouts, he really understands um, how to programme well and um, for good variety. So for the most part, I do class workouts and then I add some, some strength and skill work, some competition style workouts. Um, like I say, when, when we're doing those high school movements under fatigue that we might not get to do in class. Um, so when I'm not in class, yeah, I, I program for myself and I sort of fill in the gaps of sort of things we didn't, didn't get to do that week.
0: Do you, with that kind of like, so some of the extra stuff you're doing outside of those, those, those class workouts, does, do you tend to follow a sort of fairly set structure with like the strength work for example
1: uh yeah. so I do two extra strengths a week one of them is almost a sort of an, all, an all-out strength so heavy singles doubles for lifts um sort of uh, clean and jerks and snatches um up to heavy triples I'd say with with squats and um and clean snatch pulls and that sort of thing. And then I'll, my other strength session is more of an explosive sort of plyometric one where I'll, I'll do powers, power cleans, power snatches, um, pause squats, uh, box jumps, that sort of accessory sort of movements. And then, and then, yeah, so I'll do some, um, cardio intervals. So mo- mo- mostly rowing intervals. Um, I'll fit, fit some of those in during the week, and then for me at the moment, I've got a big focus on some high volume gymnastics, so like hanging on to the bar um, for some longer sets, unbroken sets. So, so
0: for me at the moment, that that's also a focus. I think this will be interesting for people to listen to as well because, like, I, I think most people externally when they think when they think CrossFit, they don't they don't think of it in that way. They kind of think of it in the the what the tagline of crossfit like constantly varied functional movements performed at high high. it's the idea of random workouts essentially um yeah which is kind of the basis that crossfit was originally built on but i think when when you then consider it from an athlete perspective so someone who is training for performance within that sport i think it may be it's maybe, maybe within the community, it, it's kind of understood a little bit more, but certainly from without, outside of the, the CrossFit community, also kind of a wider sense. Like, it's not really understood that, like, these guys aren't really doing that. They're not really training like that. They aren't just doing random workouts every day. And certainly when you look at the real elites within the sport, like, they have very structured training. They have, they have a very structured training protocol. They have a very kind of, like, call it uh, strength conditioning style approach to it in terms of, like, they have progressions they have sort of specified work they even periodize over a year so they might have periods of their year where they're focusing on certain elements be it strength uh aerobic capacity whatever and then obviously closer to competition like in any sport they kind of transition more into those kind of like probably more competition style yeah sessions
1: yeah and that that's what i'm i'm sort of like i guess a halfway between the two because because I don't have the time during the day or every day to come and do multiple sessions. Um, I have to fit as much as I can for it to be effective. So I, I can't come in and do two sessions a day, every day because I don't have enough time to recover. And eventually that's going to be, that's going to be detrimental for me. So, um, yeah, like you say, for, for most people doing, random workouts throughout the week it's probably quite a good thing because they they get a full body workout for the whole week they come away and they've they've done a week's worth of stuff they've covered a lot um, and at the end of the day they're probably fitter but for those people that compete like you say it has to be structured and you have to have have those progressions and mm. um,
0: to, to see that improvement which I think yeah people probably are understanding more and more now and I think off the back of matt fraser retiring as well i think even more so because he's sort of starting to be a lot more open about his own training and the approaches. because whilst he was competing he was very kind of like probably one of the few athletes that wasn't making a lot of money off of selling all of their programming essentially and like yeah it's been been interesting i mean i listened to a podcast with him on i think joe rogan's and a few things that he said since and um it's really interesting to see his approach because it is that, and it is very much like everything was geared towards performance. It was very, very structured. What I'm doing on a daily, weekly, yearly basis is all geared towards this one event. Yeah, it, it, it's it's kind of you look at that. It's like he's training like an athlete. He's not training like a, a no crossfitter, I guess. What you want, to, whatever you want to call it, someone who's just kind of doing the, the random workouts and kind of training six hours a day without any real focus or intention behind it he he's actually training as an athlete with an intended outcome and very highly structuring everything towards that goal which is i think that's that can only be that to to the benefit of everybody else from a kind of elite down to a more recreational level and adopting that kind of style of training because for those guys with that with that amount of training volume
1: if you if you're not specific about intentions every time you come in the gym you're going to spend a lot more time in the gym than you actually need to and for the it's not worth it so to have that specific structured so you have yeah that that um what do you call it the uh stimulus for for each session is is so important otherwise you waste a heck of a lot of time time that you could be using elsewhere um like i said just yeah the structured the structured way i think for competition and and for performance is is
0: far superior for sure to that end, then, what do, you, what do you see as being some of like the most important elements, be it physical or skill-wise, to be successful as a CrossFit athlete?
1: Um, so I would gear more towards the capacity side, the aerobic capacity. Um, you are in a competition potentially doing six events, one of which may be uh, a one max strength event. You could potentially afford to to um forfeit a few spots there but if your your capacity is good you can hang on you can hang on to sets of 40 50 wall balls unbroken you can do your 30 pull-ups unbroken um that sort of capacity just to keep going um i think is way more um yeah way more important for for competition for sure
0: yeah certainly i'd agree 100 percent with that i think On the face of it it's a very high intensity sport and it's kind of it's lifting weights it's doing all these kind of high intensity movements but underlying that especially in a competitive sense as you say like across a a day across five days or whatever that competition length might be you're going to be doing many many different events like i think the crossfit games what like 20 odd events in total near enough usually like something to that it's it's ridiculous like over a course of very short space of time and if you're not aerobically fit, if you can't recover effectively between those events, if you can't maintain your level of output, like you're gonna lose every time. Yeah, you could, be,
1: you could be a real fit, strong guy, but if you're, your body hasn't got that resilience for, for that sort of length of competition, really it's sort of useless because you just, you have to have that resilience um, just to keep going, especially if it's multiple days, multiple events on those days. They they add up, and say by the third or fourth day,
0: you've got nothing in the tank. Well, that's it. Sorry. Mm. How do you then balance though, that? So it, within training, how do you balance the different elements that you need? So obviously, it's the com- it's the combinations of weightlifting, of of cardio, or, of um, gymnastics, all those different elements. How do you how do you balance that?
1: That see that's tricky. That's I guess that's the name of the game, isn't it? To be yeah. to be well and um to spend enough time on each of them to develop them all but and not let one get get so good that the others are sort of lagging behind so i think for me to balance those things i need to i need to know what i'm good at and know what i need to spend more time on so for me at the moment strength isn't a problem so two strength sessions a week does me fine i think it it, it depends depends what your strengths and weaknesses are as, as to where you um where you spend your time really um for me at the moment like i said before it's it's gymnastics volume so i'm doing a lot of gymnastics volume which is something i, I can do two or three times a week and and it not sort of um damage me too much um i don't think it's too effective to say to if your goal is strength to to lift three or four times a week in reality, it's it's not going to help too much. So I think it's knowing where your strengths are, um, and knowing how much you can push that to the um to the degree where you're getting better, but not sort of getting diminishing returns. I guess.
0: I think it's interesting. I think there's been some some quite interesting research around that area in terms of like minimum dosage of like strength training, for example, in order just to maintain strength levels, and it's it's very low. Yeah. It's like I think it's like forty percent of like the volume which yeah. for most people is probably going to account for one or one maybe two sessions a week um so like that, that's that's a very small amount which is crazy to think that you could you could be literally doing one strength training session a week or maybe slightly more one two and be maintaining where you're at which then in terms of volume of other training recoverability of other training like opens up a lot more doors doesn't it like as you saying like if, if you have a, a kind of a glaring weakness, be that gymnastics or whatever, or an element within that like gymnastics volume, as you sort of talked about, like if you can get away with doing only one or two strength sessions a week, whereby you think, can then recover from that pretty quickly, all the other yeah. volume you can dedicate towards your weaknesses. So yeah, say for someone who, where, whereby strength is not an issue for them, within CrossFit at least, like the standards yeah. that need to be maintained or hit there like are you going to get any extra benefit from doing another strength session a week no but no you're probably going to have like downsides to that in that you're taking training volume away from something else that you can't then do um which might not be a strength yeah that's an interesting yeah i think that's a it's a smart way to approach it and i think yeah people talk about doubling down on their strengths a lot but if you have something that's a strength but especially in crossfit and i mean you see this all the times at like the elite levels like you you see guys that come out and they absolutely crush a single event say it's a really long cardio based event or say it's something like really heavy and they come out and absolutely crush it and they come probably top five and then the rest of the competition they're like yeah yeah and it's like well this is not a sport where you, you need to win every event. If you look at like Rich Froning, as a great example yeah. of this. He very rarely won events. He was just consistently like top 10.
1: Yeah, it's um, consistent. And consistency in training is massive. Um, you commit, yeah, commit a, a block a week or two blocks a week to something consistently, you'd struggle not to see improvement. And I think you've got to be... Um, sort of mentally resilient to to keep keep that consistency and I think especially with CrossFit as well it's not just consistency of training it's consistency of sleep it's consistency eating all these other things that
0: that um that contribute towards your performance mm, yeah certainly I think that's the that's the big pit. a lot of people that's the big thing a lot of people are missing isn't it it's like they're training very hard but yeah. they're not then also doing all the other prerequisite steps to actually getting better, be it sleeping as much as possible, eating sufficiently, recovering. Yeah. That's yeah. The bit that people miss.
1: <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. And, and it's, it's as important as the training itself. Um, just yeah. Fueling yourself for training sessions, obviously CrossFit's not a sport where you're training for aesthetics. Um, so the performance for the for the top guys they are focused on performance that's all they care about so all their all their efforts all their diet everything goes towards performance so carbs 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 i think people don't eat enough carbs which is no absolutely but um but yeah i think i think those sorts of
0: things are definitely overlooked yeah no i think yeah you say it certainly is an element isn't it that it's just not considered enough and I think there's probably more more kind of like awareness coming into it now that it's like actually if you don't have all these other kind of like pillars lined up like the training itself makes no difference because you won't be able to recover and you're just digging yourself into a hole I mean I know I've certainly been there in the past where I've been training for four or five hours a day six days a week And not sleeping enough, kind of like barely scraping five hours, like not eating enough simply for for the amount of like training I was doing. Yeah, And yeah, I was think I was like 20 or like 18, 19. I was like, I can't really stand up for more than like 20 minutes without my back hurting. Yeah. Yeah. My sleep's really shit all the time. I'm not really getting enough of it. I'm always tired. Just don't have enough energy. Can't push hard in workouts. Have to stop halfway. And yeah, it's just, it's a case of, that being hugely unbalanced, one side to yeah. the other.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I think, I think actually sleep more than diets overlooked. Um, I think sleep, and there's obviously tons of research that sleep is just so good for you. Um, and people just do not get enough sleep. And understanding how, how sleep affects you, I think, I think is good. And, but also diet, yeah, the nutrition for sure, like understanding how, how the macronutrients have an effect on your performance and on your recovery i think people maybe not are ignoring it on purpose but just don't understand
0: how those elements affect your training i think as a coach sometimes it's a, it is a case of bringing that as an awareness to people because people come in with certain yeah. goals and they're like i want to get to this this or this and they they might not be kind of a, a performance based person like they're not really chasing like high performance within crossfit or whatever and they're like cool, yeah. oh, these are all the things i want to do and they're like okay but you also work at a nine to five you you have kids you're you you do not have the time to do these things like you you you're not you don't have time to sleep for 10 hours a night and all these other yeah. kind of like constraints that are placed in their lives through no through the fact that it's just that's their life and it's yeah. kind of it's sometimes having that that difficult conversation with people and saying like cool here's what you want to achieve but in order to achieve this here's what you're going to have to sacrifice and for for most people that aren't athletes aren't competitive crossfitters which is the 99% of people like it's it, sometimes is a case So as a coach like actually like it's not feasible and you can't achieve these things and here's what's realistic and it, it yep. can be hard sometimes to have that conversation but i think reframing people's understanding of what it takes to be at that level is is important yeah and it, it comes
1: round back to um that less is sometimes more so ditching one one session that really is a bit of junk volume actually is probably going to be better for you than not do that, than doing it mm. so it's raining people back initially it might feel like oh but i I will do that session. That, that session is good for me, but, but it's your, obviously you got to think what's your goals. Is it actually supporting your goals? And is it something you can just ditch and spend that time at home with your family or mm. recovering, doing something else that, that isn't just sort of to being in the gym just for being in the gym's sake?
0: Oh, a hundred percent. Like some of those individuals would probably benefit much more by kind of going for a walk or, yeah, like spending yeah, you say spending time out of the gym with with their family, kids, doing whatever. Like, yeah, they, they're going to benefit more from that than than the extra twenty minute session would. Yeah, <laughs> really. it's a, it's a big
1: game, isn't it? Because you you go outside the gym, you're like, oh, I really want to be in the gym, but I'm not going to go because I think it's potentially some junk volume. You go out and do something fun with your friends, family, like mentally you're then prepared to come back in and sort of work hard when you are
0: in the gym. So I think, I think those things just feed into each other. Like, It's maybe one of the things, isn't it, with, with CrossFit, because I think whatever your opinion of CrossFit, like is the one thing it's done very well is community. And like it's <laughs> built that incredible community, like kind of bubble essentially that like, and for a lot of people that's kind of, that is their social life, isn't it? It's their, it's their all that element of it. And I suppose then it's very hard to kind of say like, well, because this is my social life this is also where i train so if i step away from this it's like well actually i'm missing that community element still because i don't have yeah. that outside of the the gym sometimes and i think that's where that's where it can become tough it's like well, having that conversation someone's like yeah you probably shouldn't be training six seven days a week it's like yeah. well okay but what do i do otherwise like what what do i do with the rest of my time yeah. what do i who do i spend that time with because all the people i tend to spend time with are at the gym <laughs> so it's a tough one to yeah. And I've certainly yeah. had that, that issue myself that. personally and, and with clients or with guys I've coached as well. Yeah,
1: I've, I've certainly been guilty of that. It's like you say, the community within CrossFit is... Some of my best friends come here. Um, I love spending time here. Even if I'm not working out or I finish the workout and there's people coming in for the next class, there's always chatter. Um, people are so friendly. And yeah, it's an, it's an addictive thing to be part of. Mm-hmm. But... Um, not always necessarily the best thing in the long run. But like you say, it's like, what do I do if it's not CrossFit? Well CrossFit gears you up for anything. So I've I don't do um I'm not in CrossFit say on Tuesday evenings and then I go to judo and CrossFit has prepared me so well for that because of because of all the skills, the core strength, the um not even just the strength, but the coordination, that sort of thing like CrossFit gears you up to go and do all sorts of other stuff. So, like, it's not the be all and end all. I have to be in the gym to be getting better at CrossFit. Go
0: and do another sport. Like, you're more than physically prepared for it if you do CrossFit. So, yeah, that's that's a good, probably a good a good point to transition to the next kind of question we're going to look at. Is like, what do you see the distinction between? So, CrossFit is a is a unique. Sp- sport and there are other sports like this but it's a unique sport in that the training and or the the non-sport training and the sport itself are pretty much the same they're very similar like the movements you're doing are 90 percent of the time the same from training to competition like yeah where do you see that the difference between working on movements like as skills versus trying to develop physical qualities from those movements like what what does that distinction look like for you in training so i think
1: the we work a lot on um training movements as skills so like we do tons of strict pull-ups tons of strict ring dips tons of um loads of other accessory movements strict chest the bar that sort of thing um and where i think you can't I don't know, it's tricky. You can't, um, Good question, yeah. yeah, just sort of you can't race all the time. So you shouldn't be looking all the time to go as fast as you can. Um, so you might not need to do your butterfly chest of bars. Um, it's probably more effective for you in training in the gym to work on the skill of the strict movement. And then when it's time to race. That's when you. That's when you break out your um.
0: Your butterfly, your whatever. I mean, like, yeah, because in in a CrossFit competitive setting, you're very rarely ever going to be asked to do something like a strict pull-up. Like it's just not going to yeah. happen. Whereas, obviously, the the kind of the kipping variations of that are going to come up because that's that's kind of what the sport is and how it's competed. But obviously, yeah, you're doing one to benefit the other. So I think mean, that's that's probably the distinction, isn't it? It's like your the physical quality being developed there is up body pulling strength. But the carryover then into the skill of doing kipping pull-ups is there. It's like in weightlifting. You don't yeah. do squats to get better at snatch and cleaner jerk necessarily because it's not the same skill, but you do squats to develop leg strength, which then carries over yeah. into that skill. So it's the difference between doing, doing something to develop underlying physical abilities to then express yes. that skill and then just doing the skill itself
1: yeah so it's i guess for for gymnastics and the weightlifting, they they're quite similar in the fact that we do so our our strength work our three and five rep max squat work our strict gymnastics work that yeah like you said it really is preparing you physically to do it Faster, so you learn how to do it um, safely, effectively, efficiently, slowly, or for less reps. It's just gonna that's just gonna benefit your your ability to do that fast in a safe way.
0: Hmm.
1: What so, do you mean? Yeah, that,
0: that then that carryover into training for competition. Obviously, you mentioned it earlier, and we talked a little bit earlier. Like, what what are some of the elements that change then when you're, or even the movements themselves? Like, what are some of the key things that so obviously we're in a competitive sense within CrossFit, there is that element of unknown. Sometimes, you know, the workouts ahead of time, but sometimes they are announced kind of as, as you're doing them almost like there's been evidence yeah. elements within the CrossFit games where it's like, they've even had workouts where you're, the, you're not told what the next movement is until you get to that movement you're yeah, not even yeah. told about like, how many reps you're going to do you just told go <laughs> like yeah. uh, what do you see then is uh, some of the differences and for you personally when you're kind of training for a competition i mean you obviously we, we were talking about this before before we started recording about you did some qualifiers this morning like what's some of the key differences that you find between the competitive elements and then just regular training
1: so i think training Every workout for me has a specific intent. I know that, say, a workout is um, an AMRAP of, say, 30, 30 balls, 20 chest bar pull-ups. For me, the intent of that workout is to do those movements unbroken, whether I rest more or not, um, to develop the, the skill or the, um, yeah, the the capacity to do those movements unbroken but that might not necessarily be the fastest thing for me to do. So if I was going to break those up into smaller sets, I might eventually end up going faster because I might not blow out, but as a training purpose, really that's, it's not benefiting me too much. Um, So within a competition style workout, your, your game plan is to go right, which movements am I good at? Which movements can I go unbroken? what am i going to blow up on so what do i need to sort of throttle back um or cut down sets on it's sort of a very um game
0: plan sort of approach it's hugely um, tactical isn't it like i think that's people don't see that in the sport of crossfit but it's hugely tactical there's like a huge tactical element to being a crossfit athlete isn't there like that maybe it yeah. gets missed
1: yeah it does um and not everyone can go hard on every workout, every movement for the whole time. So it's it's having the knowledge of your um, how your body reacts to certain things. Like say there's a load of gymnastics and then a heavy lift, and you're um, you're really good at gymnastics, but your lift's not so good. You're going to have to really push on the gymnastics to get that get that um, advantage to give yourself as much time as possible. Say for, for, yeah, for when you lift um, when those sorts of things are mixed together it's sort of yeah knowing, knowing when your strengths are and where where you can really push and then when you have where you have to throttle back because you you might end up getting a, a better time if you sort of just think about it, the workout in a
0: different way yeah certainly so what in the competitive sense what do you think changes so I mean obviously I know you've competed both as an individual and then like as uh, in, within a team What's like what's some of the big of, of other than the obvious there's more people, what what changes?
1: Um yeah, that's that's tricky. And it depends what workouts there are, it depends sort of time frames, what what movements are in there, um, and even things like height differences, that sort of thing, when you get to say a team of four. Um so like I said before, in In the competitive sense, it is very tactical. So you you have to play play to your team's strengths, and then sort of sometimes do damage control on um, on events that aren't your or aren't suited to you. Mm. Um, But as as an individual, it is all down to you. So you're you're the only one that can control sort of what you're doing, what your headspace is, Um, and then sometimes in a in a team environment. You're not doing it just for yourself, so it's sometimes actually quite a motivating thing to be in, in a team, and I really enjoy it.
0: Do you find that like, that carryover from playing rugby into that? Obviously, it's a team sport. Like, do you feel there's that carryover from that into CrossFit in a team sense?
1: Absolutely, yeah, definitely. Um, you get a team sense, I guess, from from doing CrossFit classes because you're all doing the same thing at the same time, anyway. But even more so in in a competitive environment, sort of, you're really you're pushing because you want your team to do well, not not just yourself. So it's that is it's really enjoyable and actually can be can be stressful, I guess, um, for some people to sort of like oh, I, I don't want to let other people down. But at the end of the day, you you're just there competing for fun most of the time. So mm. um, team
0: environment is is really enjoyable. That's something I always found quite unique about CrossFit is that yeah even even as in the team you're still doing the things individually for the most part like maybe less so on some elements but there are certainly huge parts of that where it's like you are still an individual competing individually but very unique in the sense of like you say like because of that real community driving element behind it like it never feels like you're training as an individual kind of feels like you're there with a lot of other people doing the same thing yeah towards the same goal and the, yeah, I think that's, that's one of probably the unique, unique things with CrossFit is that, yeah, you, you have that individual element, obviously, but yeah, a huge team element to it. Even in individual competition, in warm-up areas and stuff,
1: people are so nice. You're obviously competing against each other, obviously to beat each other and to, yeah, go faster than someone. But it's not, say like in rugby, where there's one winner and one loser. It's sort of, there's a, usually a massive field of people um, and everyone is so supportive because obviously three, two, one, go. You're doing your own thing. But before that and after that, everyone's so, so nice.
0: I think, yeah, if anybody's ever watched any of the uh, like CrossFit documentaries on, on Netflix or ever, like you can see that all, even at the elite level, like these guys are the, the top yeah. 0.01% of the sport. Like they are the truly elite of the sport. And, like, yeah, as soon as, yeah, three, two, one, 2 one go, they're, they're pushing to beat each other. Obviously, it's a competition. But yeah. as soon as that's over, they're then, like, cheering people on. Like, And you yeah. see it even, like, they're, they're cheering the, the people on that are still finishing the events. And it's very much a kind of community-driven, community-driven yeah. at that point.
1: A lot of the friends and a lot of them train together. Um, and that makes sense. Like, I am not a massive fan of training by myself. I love training with other people. It gets the best out of me. Um, and yeah, again, it's it's that community sort of
0: do you wanna come and do this horrible work out of me? oh why not? Like <laughs> you're doing it. You're think doing that it. that helps with like the um sort of mental mental side of it. Because obviously it's quite mentally challenging in some aspects to to push yourself quite hard on a daily basis. Like how how do you yeah. how do you deal with that?
1: Um I deal with that by making people join with me.
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> Dragging others into it.
1: <laughs> it, I I can do it, and I push. I I'm fairly mentally strong, where I, I can push myself when I'm when I'm alone in the gym. But it doesn't happen that often, and I I prefer to train with people. I know people that are really successful, and they train by themselves because they've got they've got um massively mentally strong, and all credit to them. But I don't think as a regular thing I could train by myself. Um, I just i love training with people um i love racing people it's obviously a compressed quite a competitive Mm -hmm. thing um there's a few guys up at the gym here that and we're all sort of fairly fairly similar level um and we all we all push each other in it
0: Yeah, it's it's really good i think having that training environment is really important sometimes isn't it like and you see this across sports regardless of what it is be it crossfit or otherwise like the, the people that are in those environments where they have other people there that are of a similar level and it's all a kind of, a, it's a competitive environment. Like that yeah. gets the most out of people, like most yeah. of the time. The
1: guys at CrossFit Mayhem, like uh, Rich Froning and his crew, um they are, I think that that's a great example of how, how a good training environment can can leapfrog people, so hayley Adams. She's people got,
0: have moved to like, like the, the more smallest like back end town, of yeah. like rural America, yeah. just to train with the guy or at the gym. That's kind yeah. of like the big the big thing within CrossFit. It's really it's really interesting to see that, and it's kind of like it's then been an absolute breeding ground for like high yeah. high level competitors within the sport.
1: Yes, and you and you can see that how um, how people have. Uh, or generally, as a, as a CrossFit community got exponentially fitter over the years, so obviously this CrossFit Open, um, they retested the, one of the twenty seventeen workouts, which was the uh, dumbbell snatch and burpee box jump over workout, and the difference in um, times from twenty
0: seventeen till this year is incredible. I, I think... remember doing that workout. I nearly I blacked out. I think on the last, yeah. I couldn't see anything for the last two or three reps. Tell you what, all over the place. <laughs> yeah. So over um,
1: over this last bit of lockdown, I did um, pretty much a pure strength cycle. I had done very minimal um, like CrossFit workouts, and that was one of my first workouts back. And it <laughs> it, it, yeah. it rocks. Me.
0: <laughs> that's um yeah. It's, that's that's probably I don't know. I don't know if I miss that. I don't know if I do or not. <laughs> that kind of element of it because I don't really nothing I'm doing at the moment through running and the kind of the strength stuff is, is ever that intense or, or, ever kind of that focused within a short period of time. Like the running's tough, but it's like 90 to two hours kind of. So it's not really it's yeah. not the same thing. And the strength yeah, training, yeah. yeah strength training is hard, but it's not kind of like my lungs are bleeding hard. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that was definitely a, a lung bleeding hard sort of workout. <laughs> it's an interesting yeah. one though, isn't it? Because yeah say, as an athlete, that that comes into it certainly, and we, we we sort of talked about this very briefly before before we kind of before we came on, but like that's not that's not all of training. And I think that's what people kind of when they think of crossfit, they think of that. They're like, oh, it's always high intensity. It's always pushing yourself to like absolute red line. And I mean, for some people, yep. it is. Maybe that's not the, well. I mean, it's not the smartest approach, no. but like that doesn't necessarily happen all that much that that kind of pushing to that level is almost a competitive element in itself like you do that in competition because i mean there's the, I, I can't remember the exact quotes but it's like i think it's from muhammad ali or someone it's like in in um in training you kind of you you push yourself then or in training you make yourself hurt and then in competition you tell that to shut up and just get on with it kind yeah. of thing. and it's that idea of yeah pushing to an absolute hundred percent doesn't happen in training but and it shouldn't happen in training all that often no not
1: yeah like you say not all the time there are some times where say leading up to a competition you want to do some workouts at race pace otherwise Mm. three two one go when you get on the start line you're sort of left for dead a bit um so you need to do those high intensity sessions yeah they are they are perfect and they they do their job but like you say it shouldn't be all the time um because that's where you just uh, end up running out of. It's like, running take out it of... back to rugby,
0: for example. If you've no, never no. been tackled at full speed, full kind of force before, like if you've yeah. never had that, the the worst place possible to learn what that feels like is in the opening stages of a game. Like, because yeah. you're going to get the wind knocked out of you, and you're going to be pretty useless for for four or five minutes mm-hmm. after that. Same thing with this, isn't it? If if you've never actually pushed yourself to a a physical limit, like if you never kind of like really like redlined yourself. Yeah, like you don't know what that feels like, and you don't know how you're going to react in that in that setting. And so, as a competitor within the sport of CrossFit, like if you've never done that, it, 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 it's very hard then to adapt and overcome during the middle of a qualifying workout or during the middle of a final
1: workout. Yeah, it's. I think I learned learned that quite a bit over over this lockdown. Like I said, I I did a strength cycle, and before I'd have done. A load of heavy squats and be like well I, I need to go and sweat now to to feel like i've done a workout which is in hindsight a bit backwards um so i dedicated a lot of time to purely strength and what what improved i got really
0: strong so uh, <laughs> it, i mean that's uh, the one thing that's a certain within any kind of like human adaptation is that if you do something more you get better at it <laughs> yeah, yeah. and it's like why do i need to go and
1: like have a workout after do a strength session it's a strength session for a reason just do your strength
0: (laughs) Mm. um was having those dedicated days could be could be really beneficial even for a crossfit athlete who needs to have so many different elements within their training like having those dedicated days or at least dedicated blocks of training is really important i think it gets a bit murky when you just try and mix everything together and it's like cool i'm going to do this strength workout whereas i'm going to do some heavy squats and i'm going to do a whole load of other stuff and i was like actually you're just getting less from that you're not getting extra benefit from doing all these different things together you might you'd actually probably benefit more from just separating out these elements and doing them separately
1: Yeah. yeah that that is true unless you're stimulus for that
0: workout is lifting heavy and um, lifting heavy under fatigue so yeah exactly but then that's a sporting skill that's a that's a element of the sport as well isn't it you probably have to have yeah. elements dedicated towards like i'm going to do this under fatigue now because that's what's going to happen in the competition yeah yeah Which, yeah it, I mean, um, you see this in all sorts of sports they do kind of pre-fatigue injuries like i know i've seen some videos about england rugby for example doing like um some shuttle shuttle runs into then like skills or they run then into like running through plays and it's that exact element it's like well in the game you're going to be under fatigue when you're doing these things so if we never train that then you're going to fall to shit (laughs) when you um, Then come come into it in a competitive sense yeah no it's yeah so
1: true and that which is why that um that structure as a competitor is is so needed i think um because otherwise it's a load of well potentially a lot of like waffly sort of training with no real intent um i really yeah like i said really like to have have a specific um outcome from each each session and sometimes i get it sometimes i don't but i guess that that's why we that's why we keep going and he said
0: like same thing you can take that out from a single session to like a a, a period of time like you say like you had a period of time focused on volume gymnastics or strength or fitness or or whatever like quality that is or like skill you want to work on like having dedicated periods of time that everything else is in kind of like maintenance mode at that point like you're you're kind of just doing the bare minimum to maintain it but then you're really doubling down on that that one part yeah which is why
1: CrossFit's so hard I guess to be at at the elite level Um, because you have to be good at a lot of things and that is hard and that takes time. So um, yeah, having that resilience um, is, is a massive uh, factor. Yeah.
0: Hugely. Yeah. I mean, it's it's always going to be the most resilient athletes that excel in, in the sport of, of cross because you say just the demands across lots of different types of movements and then the demands physically and for recovery wise across a competition like yeah. if you can't recover and if you break then you're never going to win like the, the that's person it. that's going to win is going to person that can actually complete every single workout not the person that yeah gets four or five in and then it falls apart yeah and like you said also
1: it's the person that can do consistently well rather than the specialist who might win the one rep max event and then um
0: sandbag the rest of them <laughs> Unless you're Matt Fraser and then you just win everything because yeah <laughs> oh. because, you <laughs> because you can. Because but, someone uh, said, like, uh, we'll give you an extra three grand if you just win every workout. So we're like, sure, yeah. why not?
1: Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, it's funny you said about him um releasing programming, because I know that he for a while he was saying that like my program like my um my training is not that sexy. Like people think that it's sort of all well, these crossfit workouts, um and I guess then there's a bit more distinction between the training and the, um, the, uh, competition is that the competition is quite a, a spectacle. It's quite, um, I know a lot of people who have said like, watch the CrossFit games and be like, wow, like that is, and that is a, a spectacle. So, um, yeah, he said a lot of things like I was doing a lot of just like air bike intervals, like why would I release that as in a program? It's, it's not that, um, I think the not problem that.
0: is even if he did release it, people wouldn't be interested, or they wouldn't they wouldn't believe it because it's like surely not, surely that's not all it takes, but yeah. no, actually that that is what it takes, and that's the reason that so many people aren't at that level because genetics and all the other side uh, stuff of it aside, like they're not just they're just not prepared to dedicate that level of effort yeah. and consistency to the the very boring things. They just want to go yeah. hard and do the the fun fun sort of crossfit style workouts
1: yeah and it, it depends what you want out there
0: if you want if you're doing crossfit
1: for enjoyment by all means go and go and do all oh these, yeah, absolutely, um, yeah fun workouts because a lot of people do crossfit for enjoyment and i completely understand that but when you get to that level of competing it's it's doing the boring things a lot and at high intensity
0: so i think it sort of potentially puts people off it's like going to bed at like 8 30 every night and doing like the rowing intervals and all the other stuff that goes into that that on the face of it is not much fun but if you want to be the best in the world and if you want to win every event and make everybody look like they're not everyone else like they're not even like in the same league as you then that's the kind of stuff you have to have to dedicate yourself to
1: yeah no it's um it's a long process i think i think to um to be really into CrossFit and competitive CrossFit, you you really got to enjoy the process. Otherwise, it's just a lot of hours doing something that you convince yourself you want to do when you don't actually want to do it.
0: Mm, yeah, play the long game. I mean, that's that's true yeah. in any, any sport, play the long game. Yeah. It's something I've I've kind of transitioned more towards, like, over, over probably the last year or so, is understanding yeah. that it's all about the long-term consistency and the individual sessions the individual weeks and months even like mean so little in the the bigger picture and yeah they can they can hurt you so if you push really hard for that short-term improvement like it's gonna there's gonna be downsides to that in the the long term for sure why 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 try and achieve something in six weeks if it's gonna have knock-on effects for the next six months kind of thing just yeah definitely you can be in a long long term and maybe just reassess your kind of your the, what's re, what's realistic yeah
1: and i think sort of um goal setting in in that um scenario plays um is is a really good thing i i use goal setting a lot for for working on weaknesses and um as yeah for for a cycle of for a cycle of training like my strength cycle i had goals that i wanted to hit and that's that's way more motivating than sort of doing a strength cycle with no real hmm.
0: outcome. I guess. I think training for the sake of training gets gets a bit boring. Like, yeah, you just if you're just going through the motions, like if you're not if you're not doing it for enjoyment and you don't have any focus to it, I don't know. I yeah. just, I'd lose interest so fast. I just wouldn't have any intention behind it or any willingness to do it. <laughs> so if you have a yeah. goal or if you have an outcome to something bigger than yeah. just the individual session then that's that's going to be the driving force that are actually going to affect real change in people
1: yeah definitely and and hitting goals is a satisfying thing um which i guess is where sort of um achievable goals is or achievable goal setting is probably more important than just going up. i want to do this at some point
0: in the future yeah sort of. you maybe I don't need really- to like whack out your entire smart goal but uh like yeah, yeah. something that's got some elements of that in there probably makes yeah. Sense.
1: so having having a goal and having a time
0: frame,
1: I think is is important.
0: Mm. Cool. So last bit then before we sort of we sort of close up, we got some listener questions. So these are i i, I asked i asked out for, on sort of Instagram for some questions and I got a few that I'm not just I'm not going to ask because they were stupid. <laughs> but, um, there, there was a few that I thought were, were okay and had some kind of merit to them. So um, okay. should I eat the same thing as you every... Sorry, should I eat the same thing every day to be as fit as you was, was one question, which I thought was interesting.
1: Same <laughs> thing. So I, my, um, my diet is very regular. I eat the same breakfast and almost the same dinner every day um, because I know that I, it helps me to um, eat enough if I don't sort of have these meals that I know how many calories are in, um, I just end up not eating enough. Um, I'm, I'm on about, I don't know, 3,500, 4,000 calories a day. So it's, it's a lot of food to consume. Um, so i yeah, I do that to make sure I, um, I'm hitting the right similar-ish sort of macros, similar sort of calories a day. Um, I don't think it's necessary. I wouldn't say, um, if you have time to cook, um, different meals every day and you have the imagination to do that by all means but I for a lot of my <laughs> week
0: food for me is um is fuel rather than enjoyment so yeah yeah I'd say I'm in a, probably a very similar mindset uh like it, it's there to fuel what I want to do yeah so if it tastes nice then eh, great but if not then <laughs> I'm still going to eat it regardless <laughs> so it doesn't really make a difference. Um, yeah, I think. Uh, On the kind of a serious point of that like nutrition is a very individual thing and it should fuel what you intend to do so if you are eating because you want to enjoy what you're eating like do that don't be a dick and eat like just crap but like, it doesn't matter so much like obviously if you're then getting to kind of having maybe competitive um aspirations within a sport be it crossfit or otherwise like it becomes a little bit more important then in terms of just the recovery and fueling what you're doing um yeah and i said most people in that sense probably aren't eating enough i think really like most people are probably not eating enough of the right things um in order to actually fuel what they what they want to do
1: yeah definitely and as a sport where we're based on performance it is so important to to have that fuel. otherwise you're going to come into the gym and be like, oh i've got this 20 minute arm wrap to do and i've got no energy to do it like you're gonna get you're gonna get nothing from that you're gonna waste 20
0: minutes like very very simply and this is like hugely oversimplified but like prioritize protein and don't be afraid of carbs are probably the two things that like would come into it yeah. like make sure you're getting enough protein in like with every yeah. meal and make sure you're actually eating enough carbs to fuel what you're doing because i don't yeah. care who you are or what you think but like not eating enough carbs is not going to help you within a sport like crossfit um I can- <laughs> the next question I thought was quite funny because obviously you've been sipping coffee as we went through this. But how much coffee is too much? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I I drink a lot of coffee. um I think that's something I, you and me both share is like a sort of a real pretentious approach to coffee and making it as complicated as absolutely possible. Because no um, sense, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, I was
1: <laughs> I was in the house earlier. And my one of my housemates. Oh, you're making coffee, and then they'd gone away and come back and they're like, Oh, you're still making coffee. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Um, how much coffee is too much? I'm not a scientist, so I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I tend to not drink coffee usually on a weekday
0: past, past midday. So it doesn't affect,
1: um, or caffeine, for that matter. That's the general
0: um, rule I try to follow is, yeah, anything past about 12, 1 o'clock, I try to avoid it just because of the the implications it then has sort of like hormonally, but also then in terms of like sleep, I it, it's probably not. Yeah. You don't want to do a point where you're probably drinking like six or seven cups a day and the last one of those is like 9 o'clock at night because yeah, that's just messing with your ability to recover. And as, as we talked about, like, recovery is really important. So, yeah, like yeah. coffee's great, but if it's at the expense of then wrecking your ability to sleep and recover it's not it's not worth it yeah and
1: i i I drink coffee because i enjoy the taste of coffee and i enjoy making coffee so necessarily like it's not usually the caffeine um that i'm after obviously it's for training sometimes it's a nice side effect but i yeah i tend to drink coffee because i enjoy
0: making it and i enjoy drinking it yeah exactly everybody (laughs) should drink coffee and, and make yeah. it the most complicated and pretentious way possible because and no, yeah, no one, drink, no one should drink No one should drink instant. Coffee. Absolutely <laughs> not. Should be fucking it <laughs> should be like legal or delegalized or whatever, like criminalized. Criminalized yeah. like <laughs> need to start a movement. <laughs> I think it's uh this is a good question to end on then. So what are your what are your aspirations in the sport of CrossFit? So
1: I am. Um, I think I'm right around the the level to start competing in sanctionals um so for me in the next few years I'd like to compete at sanctionals um that's I guess a reason to be a short-term goal and then within coaching I'd like to make coaching my full-time job um I really enjoy coaching and I enjoy helping people I enjoy um, seeing people improve um, and I enjoy teaching things that I'm passionate about so I I'd, I'd like to sort of transition over to um coaching a bit more full-time um being a bit more involved in in the gym here um because there's a, a real nice community down here um a lot of lovely people um yeah and i think i can really make a difference to a lot of people
0: awesome man yeah that's good that's cool to hear i yeah i think having big aspirations is really important both as an athlete and as a coach like i think it's important to to push yourself and it's something i've i mean i left jobs to come to uni and aspirations to push myself to go further and be better and i think if you yeah if you ever kind of like get to a point where you're stagnating or you're standing still i couldn't think of anything worse than that like not not improving in some way be that physically or personally or be that kind of professionally as well
1: yeah, because um, with the CrossFit for me, there's there's two sides, right? So it's one side is myself and my individual competitive career, which obviously I've I've got um, aspirations for. But then it's sort of it extends further than myself as well. So it's it's quite a nice position to be in, really, where I can I can help other people at the same time as I'm helping
0: myself, and we're all sort of in the same sort of thing together, really. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Um- yeah yeah so last bit then before we, we just finish up like where if you want to be found <laughs> where can people find you like social media or um can even plug the gym if you want as well
1: yeah so uh we are CrossFit Royston and um, we've got our CrossFit Royston uh Instagram page we're on Facebook as well um we're up at Heath um and my Instagram is Jacob Boyce 14
0: nice awesome i'll get all that uh, put down in the uh, in the show notes yeah i don't know if anybody here or listening to this is kind of near royston but if you are and you're interested in crossfit like i'd absolutely uh recommend it and that's not just because i work there like it is generally <laughs> a very good gym awesome community um dave or aussie's great guy and obviously all you guys that work there as well are as well sweet yep. thanks for uh, make, making some time it's been good no worries thank you very much Okay guys, that's it for another episode. Thanks for listening. Check below for all the relevant links and notes from today's episode or search for us on social media at Apex Delta Coaching. One quick thing before you go, if you want to get stronger and build a solid foundation to improve on in the future, then check out the new eight-week general strength training program we have released at the link below. This program focuses on the big movement patterns across four weekly training sessions in order to make you stronger and more capable as an athlete while still feeling good at the same time follow the link down in the show notes to find the uh, details of the program or just search for our Instagram if you want to learn more. Lastly, if you enjoyed the podcast, please leave a review or let us know personally. Any and all feedback is greatly appreciated and it helps to grow the podcast further. Thanks for listening, keep training and talk soon.